Welcome to the Exploring Washington State podcast. Here's your host, Scott Cowan. It's a great start. All right, everybody, I am sitting here with Sam Lachow. Thank you so much for being on. You are no. a... No, 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 hold on. Thank you so much for having me on. <laughs> I'm very you excited are... about it. It is amazing to be here. I am so... And, and I don't know, what time is it there where you are? It is 8.30 in the morning. Oh my God. So thank you for waking up. Are you a coffee drinker? I am. I have my cup with me right here. But you're the one that had to stay up late for this. How do I drink it? With oat milk. Oh, okay. So just, (laughs) yeah. Uh, For me, it's either black or oat milk, actually. I can't do the dairy milk. I, I can do the dairy milk. I just prefer the oat milk. And no, this is like a normal time for me. It's it's eleven thirty p.m. here in Seattle. Um, but anyway, sorry, I, I completely interrupted your uh, <laughs> intro. Well, do your thing. What if <laughs> I just was checking Instagram and saw it looked like you were in the studio today? Yep. And what were you? Would you like me to on? elaborate on the studio? Um, I would love man, for you to elaborate okay. on the studio. Well, well, allow me to elaborate on my on my studio experience um, today. So I'm I constantly am working on multiple projects at once. It's sort of how I maintain um, my mental stability in a way. I need to have a lot going on. That's just how I am. Um, I have an album coming out very soon, but the project that I was working on in the studio today is something that might not be out for. Uh, could be in a year I'm not exactly sure um, but I have three projects in the works one that's coming up soon another that um, coming out after that that's a little bit more folky sing song and the, and the one that I was working on today is me and my friend Ryan um, more of a rap project all produced by me from scratch um, sort of bringing it back to having fun when we were young you know, high school making music, um, just just sort of chilling, making rap songs, and that's sort of what this project is about. So today was a today was just a blast. We had so much fun in the studio, and hopefully it'll come out sooner than later. I remember when I was in high school because you're only I think you're like two or three years older than I am, and I remember when okay. your song Dubs on Deck came out. <laughs> I went to high school in Tacoma, so Seattle wasn't that far from us. And I remember we were all yeah. just like losing our minds. And wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so is that the kind of rap that you're talking about that you're making again, or at least on this one project? This like, Yeah, that's, fun... a, that's, actually, that, that's actually a great example, sort of. Um, that was sort of one of those songs that, you know, we made... I remember like a lot of the raps for dubs on deck we made while we were biking around um, and just kind of like freestyling. I remember Skylar had a line in dubs on deck that was, um, uh, I probably shouldn't curse on here. It's okay. You can. I don't even know if there's a curse word in it, but it it was something along the lines of, um, (laughs) he he said, I stopped smoking weed and I stopped fucking bitches. Started smoking hair and started fucking real women. (laughs) And I remember we were riding our bikes in Capitol Hill. 
and he and we like we came up with that line and we were just dying laughing and just like imagine people hearing this and hearing and, and hearing us say i stopped fucking women and stopped smoking weed and i'll be like oh what and then they hear the, <laughs> the second line they're like oh <laughs> so it definitely had us laughing yeah, so in that, high school so it had us laughing in high school too shit but um where'd you go to high school in, in uh i went to stadium like a public school in tacoma or where i don't know yeah the it's a stadium that's the one where they Is recorded uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. That big castle oh, one right on the water. Gotcha. Wow. Yeah. What's yeah. this up? Um, <laughs> but yeah, th- th- that's actually a good example though. This this project is sort of is bringing it back to when I had the most fun making music. Like even before it was how I make a living. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, st- I still... I still have fun every every song I make, but it's definitely become more of a job in some ways. And this project has sort of felt a little bit more like um, uh, nostalgic and how and how it used to be. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been it's been a so blast. that that that's awesome. What has been the what is the biggest change then from making music as a hobby to making music as like a full time job? Like, what would be for oh, you man. the biggest thing that's changed? So, I mean, so many changes in, in, um, but so, so basically the, the, I wanted to say the short answer, but this might turn into a longer answer, but, um, I sort of, when it turned into a real job and I sort of started having to learn about the marketing aspects and, you know, I I started having to learn about taxes and, and, um, (laughs) you know, how the business side of things works, which is just, that's not how my mind really works. So like, I remember when I first got the uh, IRS hit me with some taxes, I was like, what, uh, from music money? What the fuck are you talking about? You know, this just wasn't (laughs) how, how it worked. And I, and you know, I had to get an accountant. I had to get all these things. And, and this is stuff that I love. I love talking to um, up and coming artists, especially independent artists about this kind of stuff, because it's something that I wish I learned a long time ago, um, but that yeah, that was sort of one of the the, the big changes is uh, have, having to learn yeah that kind of that that, that kind of stuff. And um, w- one of the things that I also is realizing what stuff as far as like accounting th- that what stuff doesn't um, make as much sense to to someone like me who's an artist and a creative you know what I mean mm-hmm. and and be and allowing myself to be okay with the fact that I'm not that good at that stuff <laughs> and <laughs> and that's okay and maybe I can you know um, designate that to somebody else um, I can still re- you know remember what I love about this and and focus on that and remember that you know, while all these new new things come my way, I don't have to focus all that much on it. I can. Does that make Does that you make any delegate. sense? Delegate. Yeah, you can delegate so that you can yeah. focus on the creative part of it. And yeah, and even if it's not like the most financially smart move in some ways. Oh, is that a doggy? Sorry, that was my cat. <laughs> oh, is it a kitty? Is it a cute little kitty? 
He is. He's kind of a jerk. But oh hi, what's his name? <laughs> Lou. So so basically, I would delegate all my um my business stuff to Lou, <laughs> and um and Lou would have to figure out how to be a little little uh little business marketing kitty, sweetheart. <laughs> you should earn his keep. Um, and I would say I would say I would say Lou, are you little accountant kitty? <laughs> Could get him like a little bow tie. Yeah. So yeah, basically um, that, that's what I had to learn is Lou Lou became my accountant kitty. Do you do you struggle with being creative now that there's more pressure to like earn a living with your music? Or do you think it that just kind of flows naturally from you? Um I don't I don't I don't stress about creativity because like if I was more ambitious in some ways, I probably would be trying harder to like, you know, make a make a radio hit or a single or or I'd pro- or be trying to like be more on TikTok, like dancing or pranking people, you know, whatever. Yeah. And that's and and I'm sure you know my my manager would probably love if I was more into that stuff, but I'm just not. And <laughs> yeah. And I've I've kind of accepted that, you know and mm-hmm. and i've become okay with and luckily i can i don't have to do that stuff you know i can do the stuff that i want to do and um yeah although like if i want to make one of my songs bigger it would probably help if i like came up with a dance for tiktok or something and and did that but um instead i what i i, I sort of just uh stick to consistency I, I make sure that i put a new hot song out every month and um you know just keep it going but sorry what was the original I, question it, it was no that was that was a good answer i think i mean going back okay. to the whole tiktok thing getting your songs on the radio um i mean there's no point in being on tiktok if it's not authentic to who you are and to your music um and also there is that huge trend with hip-hop artists and rappers who want to make it big and so then they switch to complete i don't know like poppy top 40 yeah, kind of vibes but I, but I which i mean it has a time love, and a place but like totally totally no and luckily I, yeah i guess that's that, that answers your question a bit is luckily the music i'm into i love pop music um and when i say pop music i mean pop melodies you know melodic you know i grew up on the Mm -hmm. beatles i grew up on neil young um like the beach boys the pop as pop as it gets um and even with the rap Mm -hmm. i grew up on you know jar rules and like like pop pop music essentially yeah and like so so no even when i'm making the exact music that i want to make it still has that catchy feel to it because that's what i like Mm -hmm. so i don't i don't ever have to feel that i'm sort of trying to for like a better word sell out i Mm. if the song that i'm in the mood to make right now happens to be sort of a catchy pop top 40 sounding song then that's what i'm making you know Mm. um but that's staying authentic and, to yourself, which I think is important. Yeah, because it goes the other way too. Like, I I will make the exact opposite and think, 
Mm. And, and put it out as a single my manager will get mad but i'll be like no this is the coolest shit ever <laughs> he's like well no one's gonna listen to it but sure <laughs> <laughs> if you want to but i i mean that's what i personally like about your music is that like when i put your name and on spotify there's a ton of different songs and no two of them really sound alike oh yeah that that's that's sort of my main thing is I, I want when you listen to an album, I want, you know, even if you don't like a song, when you when you go to next, you're going to have mm. no idea what that's what the next song is going to sound like. It might it might be some G funk 90s sound. It might be some EDM. It might be some like you have no idea. And, and that's what I'm into. Mm. So you said that you grew up listening to pop music. Was music big in your household growing up, or was that just what you were looking music for music-wise? My... So I'll give you the quick sort of music story. I grew up in a uh, a very artistic household. Uh, my dad d- does film and uh, directs theater. My mom is a dance choreographer does and and uh, uh, directs theater and um art was just in my family i music came to me maybe sort of in spite of of that i didn't <laughs> art was something i couldn't really get away from but i also was so sick of being around this theater shit <laughs> like i grew up kind of having to be in their plays they would be, give me roles you know and i was it wasn't what I was into, but at the same time, um, art was, yeah, it was everywhere. And as far as music, I remember the first time, um, was we were, we, we had this little shit Volvo in Seattle and, uh, I was so used to my family, you know, we didn't, we, we, we didn't have a lot. And, uh, I was so used to all my friends having, you know, the Disney channel and, all the um, all the cape, you know, Rugrats, all the all the Nickelodeons, all the cool stuff. And one time, I find out that our Volvo has um, um, FM and AM radio, like the whole thing. And I I remember being like, wait, so this like the, like the same shit that Max Keeler has? Like this is the exact <laughs> like wait we have we have all the channels? Like we don't have to what? <laughs> Because with with radio it was all the same thing, so we would we would everywhere we drove they would they would get out and go to the restaurant or go wherever and I would just stay in the car and just listen and became obsessed with music. And this was back when I don't know if you know these days um, when you couldn't just like look up a song that you liked. You would have to sit and I remember H to the Izzo Jay Z. I would, I would just sit yeah. there waiting for them to say and again we're gonna play H to the Izzo and I'd be like. Ah! <laughs> I had that moment when I was a kid. I had this like little radio that you could record on the tapes, you know, on when something was playing on the radio. And I remember the first time I heard Eminem in D12, the song My Band. I was probably, I must have been like six or seven years old. It blew my mind. So I waited in my room all day long until they played it again. So then I could record it because I was just like, this is insane. That's so funny. That's like exactly that time period for me too. I remember yeah. my band. I I don't. Do you remember LimeWire? Yes. 
so my band is whenever I think of LimeWire, I think of my band. I remember oh. trying to download my band on LimeWire, and like, yeah, my that song, my band was like, man, I played it over and over and over again. I was, I mean, still as an adult, I am still obsessed with that song. When it comes on, I'm just like, oh my, my god, my dad this loves is it. that song. Does he really? <laughs> I mean, it's a great song, but yeah, he loves that song. It is a great song. My dad's a huge music person, but he's not into hip hop at all. I so. spoke to your dad. Did you? Did you not say that? I don't remember. Maybe we talk a lot, so I'm not sure. <laughs> oh yeah, I talked to him, and he 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 made made it very clear that he is not a hip hop person. And I was yeah. like, I get, I get it, man. But I'll, but like my stuff is at least listen to it. Yeah, I think he did. He just, I think when he gets into no, his head about hip hop, he just like shuts down. He's like, nope. I know. I, Traumatized I, I from it. all of my years of angstly playing it. Really oh, it was your room. fault. Totally. It was my fault. My poor dad was a single dad to me in high school, me and my brother. And I was just wild and playing rap music. And he was. He was such, he's such a sweet guy. Tell him I said hello. funny. I will let him know. <laughs> So your parents being in this art world, I guess for you to like come out and say that you want to be a musician probably wasn't like a huge shock to them. Um, it, it, it never came out as a musician. <laughs> well, no, um, I mean like not coming out as in like, you know, but no, no, no. I, I know what you mean. Yeah. It, there was never, it definitely, I guess I'll say one, something that definitely made it easier was that as soon as I started making money from making art, um, they um, actually, even if I wasn't making money making art, like they, 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 they were insanely supportive. That's something that like, even though I grew up like completely broke, you know, we had, we had nothing, but we were all artists and like, they were insanely supportive of just the art. Like mm. they understood, they understood it would, you know, it would, yeah, there was never like a mom, dad, I'm going to pick a career that doesn't make any money. <laughs> <laughs> so it was it like was a natural like progression. That. Yeah, sort of. It was, it, yeah, I guess it was more like mom, dad, I'm picking a career that also doesn't make any money like you guys. So you can't tell me shit. <laughs> kind of had the upper hand there i guess (laughs) yeah i guess so but yeah no there was never any and still to this day like my my whole family i'm so lucky we like i I love showing them my music and what i'm working on and they they give me my dad gives me advice all the time and and a lot of times it's whack-ass advice but sometimes but he's just a huge supporter and you know we support each other and i'm very lucky Mm -hmm. for that did you find yourself making more music during COVID when everyone was in lockdown? Oh my God. So yeah, I mean, yes and no. So the, I do know uh, that you I went mean, to God, rehab, so I don't know story. if that. I went to rehab during COVID. Um, yeah. Yeah. So COVID was a wild, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you this. So, so I was um, doing 
I, I was sober. I, I had about a year mm-hmm. sober and that, that's what I was, that's, that was like my main thing. Um, and then COVID hit my tour shut down. Um, everything shut down and there was a whole, a whole bunch of reasons why I was sober shut down. And maybe, you know, one could say that I wasn't really sober for the right reasons that I was more sober for, you know, so I wouldn't miss a show or whatever. But, but, uh, basically when my tour got canceled and all this stuff, I was, I kind of took that as a woohoo time to relapse. And I relapsed pretty, pretty quick. And, um, I thought that I could kind of keep it under control, could not went to rehab i checked myself into rehab but it took a long time i was uh i had to call every every morning at 8 a.m which um i remember thinking it was funny because i was like what what junkie is up at 8 a.m <laughs> trying to get into rehab i was like clearly the I'm ones still that haven't gone to sleep fucking, yet yeah i was up on fucking coke and meth and whatever like <laughs> I would wait. I'd be like, "Oh, it's eight AM. Hey, what's up? Uh, can I get a bed? <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and I can laugh at it now. But but I ended up going, and it was it was a it was an amazing thing. When I got back, um, I started. I, I sort of was in between sobriety and not, and it's that that's the whole long journey that I'm dealing with right now. But um, but basically, what what COVID did as far as um, creatively that was huge is just, I, I relearned how to make beats on my own and sort of do things myself for a while. I kind of, part of it was, you know, self doubt and, you know, being, um, insecure about like my abilities at at making beats, you know, because I'm, I'm not the best piano player at all. I I don't have music theory. I, I kind of, I started sort of, thinking that I, I couldn't do things that I forgot that I'm actually pretty good at. And COVID sort of made forced me to, to do these things and made me realize like, Oh, I'm, I'm actually pretty good at this stuff, you know? And it, so it, that was, that was a, that was huge for me. And also, um, I love, I love work. I love collaborating as you know, like from all my, all my music and, and, I'm a huge collaborator, but I forgot that I, I don't have to be in the same city as these people. I can collaborate with as many people as I want um, from wherever they all have, they have a microphone where they are, the, you know, the home studio set up. And so I ended up collaborating more during COVID than I did before, you know, and I have anxiety issues too. So sometimes being in the studio with somebody can trigger anxiety for me. Um, and which can make it more difficult to actually be vulnerable and creative. And so that, so this sort of allowed me to be vulnerable and creative with people um, more than before in a weird way, if that mm. makes sense. Sorry if I was rambling. No, I think it does. Cause you're kind of, you can be vulnerable and creative, but like still in your safe kind of bubble. Exactly. Where you can walk away at any time. Exactly. If need be. Is there a favorite collab that you did or that you've done? During COVID. Um oh my god, or in so general. many. <laughs> in general. Um, I will say my two favorites 
are Ryan Campbell and Maggie Brown. Mm-hmm. And I say that because Ryan Campbell I've been rapping with since we were tots. Um, Maggie Brown has literally been my best friend since we were born. Um, and the fact that her and I are still working on stuff is is awesome. Please remind me after this, uh, I want I got to send you the stuff Maggie and I are working on. It's so... It's not like my other stuff. Oh, I would stuff. love to hear it. So, but but I love it so much. Hopefully, you dig it too. It's it's sort of my first non-rap project, but it still has hip hop elements for sure. I was listening to you on um, the Nast podca- podcast. Oh boy, where you were talking about how um, you were getting more into singing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, how is how has that transition been? I mean, I can't sing at all, so I can't even imagine trying to. Well, so that's the thing, though, that. that you got to know is, I neither can I, and <laughs> I was so certain that it, that that singing was something that you're either born with or you're not, mm-hmm. and um, and it was one of those things I was talking to you about. Like I was, I was so insecure about singing, and and you know, I, I was uh, if 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 I ever wrote a melody i'd be like well i'm not going to be the one to sing it you know i'm going to get ariana debu or i'm going to get so and so someone that can actually sing to do this mm-hmm. and um one of the things i learned is like you can like pra- like you as well practice work at it you can become a way better and and you can find your voice and to kind of figure out you know you might not be the most technically skilled at, you know you might not be able to croon crazy and hit all these falsettos and <laughs> but like but like you can get good i got so much better in the last less than a year and i'm singing on all my stuff now and i'm having so much so, fun with it are you doing voice lessons or are you like just practicing my own voice home? lessons i guess you, I, sh- I probably yeah. should do my own do voice lessons but no it's, it's more just uh just sing a lot it's a muscle so it, mm-hmm. it might sound like corny or something, but it's it's really no. true. It's a muscle that like you can work on. I get like how I used to be able to do five pull ups. Now I can do fifteen. I I now I can hit way more notes than I used to be able to. Like uh, okay, Panic at the Dive Bar, the song I just put out. That's me in the Such background a cool doing. Song. Um, um I, how's the chorus go? Um. um <laughs> Uh, uh, I folded all my favorite flannels, hoodies, teeth, um, and matching I, socks and lined my shoes. Talking to the ghost inside my home. That's me crooning. That's you? Talking to the ghost inside my home. <laughs> I didn't realize that was you. I'm not going to lie. That's all me. No, I was in the oh, booth. Awesome. It was so embarrassing. And Why? Be- but luckily, I- well, because in the booth, I mean, because, but luckily, I had people in the studio with me that, like, were like Sam, you can sing, like, and allowed me to like really go for it. And when I'm when I when I you know hit a flat note or whatever, they they wouldn't um, like make fun of me. They would be like, no, you almost you're almost there, you're almost there, you know. And that that gets you better. You got to just go for it. Oh man, that would be so stressful. Because for that shit, especially especially <laughs> that, I was having to croon. I couldn't go talking to the ghost and stuff. No, I had to go talking to the. <laughs> It's the only way to make it sound good. You, I, I had to scream it. You had to scream it out. 
Oh my god, and that can be the most like terrifying thing ever. Yeah. Terrifying just because you're afraid of messing up or like cuz you can't really hurt Being your voice in a room full of your that, friends you? and and <laughs> no, but like trying to like croon and and scream something that like 50% of the time I'll probably miss the notes and I'll sound ridiculous. Like it, I'm gonna you gotta be around today. people that that love you, and, <laughs> or you just gotta not get, give a crap, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. Just let you, them roast no, you if need be. Let them roast you, and then and then say, "All right, I heard you. I'm gonna do it again." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that, that's so been, when that's I was. Big. That sounds really fun, honestly. Um, it was. Just like scrolling on the internet, when you Google your name, I found out that you did a Safeway commercial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> can you can you tell me about that Safeway commercial, please? And how that came oh, to be? Oh. oh, great question. Oh, my God. I don't know if I've ever gotten <laughs> to talk about this. Um, so I remember. <laughs> so funny. Speaking of there, there was a point I remember back in the day where I was terrified of that coming out into like existence because i was like this is the corniest thing <laughs> and i was like it's gonna ruin my rep as a rapper <laughs> and now i'm thinking about it i'm thinking about it now it's just so funny but, but like yeah so so how how it came to for everyone watching i don't even know how you can find it but i'm pretty pretty sure it's on a uh, youtube it's on oh. youtube so okay what makes it even worse what makes it even more embarrassing is it's on youtube but it's not like the videos on youtube it's like (laughs) it's like someone recorded it it's like someone exactly it's like someone recording a video (laughs) and being like being like these motherfuckers it's like someone that works at safeway being like why the fuck are they showing this shit in our like like employee lounge and it's like me being like, was Safeway, like, yeah, it's the coolest thing. <laughs> Did you get paid for that commercial? Fucking duh. <laughs> At least that, <laughs> right? Like, that you're going to ruin your reputation. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Trying to get your name out there. How old were you? Um. So, okay, so, okay, this is how it started. Um. I did, I did a, a rap song for it's called um fred hutchinson cancer care alliance in seattle and it was something that i like actually cared about oh what up oh my manager's hitting me oh hi thanks thanks um yeah um are you good to uh can we do another 15 minutes or so yeah all right awesome yeah um so it started with yeah basically i did a thing for the cancer care alliance with fred hutchinson and uh um, I don't know if that one's on on YouTube or not, but I was probably I eighteen. Yeah, I don't know where we would find that, but it's, I was probably eighteen. And um, after that, there, this like older white lady who set this up had other friends, and she was like, she was like, I have friends. That, she's like a very corporate woman. She's like, I have friends that would want you to do these kind of things for like other commercials, and I was like absolutely and uh <laughs> so the next gig we got was for safeway and um i mean i guess now i can just say they, they offered six six thousand dollars for a, 
a Safeway wrap, which at the time, $6,000 was like, I'm that's rich That's a lot of money hell. at 18. <laughs> yeah. At oh 18, that's I, a ton I, of money. No, I remember I was with my friend driving we, and um, we found out what they were offering and we were like, we turned the music up and we're like, ah, we're rich forever. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. That was so we we that was the most money we'd ever seen, and um and then we find that we're like we will do anything you guys want. I do not care. And then we find out that the rap is about like talking about how diverse Safeway is. <laughs> <laughs> if you listen to the rap, it's like Safeway, the number one in diversity. <laughs> and then <laughs> did you have to and, write and it, or did they write it? Oh no, we wrote it. We we told them. Oh, okay. um We told them like give me all the bullet points of what you want so they would probably be so they told us like make sure the rap's about how how diverse Safeway is so we probably said like um you know it's not the best it's not the worst but, but that's how because Safeway's so diverse you know <laughs> like we just <laughs> took their Top little tier. bullet points and turned them into like really corny raps yeah and then when we got there to record the thing it was like all these old white guys behind us like going like that <laughs> and us being like Safeway the number one for if you listen to this watch the thing it is and I, mean, I will add the YouTube the link to that ever. I'm gonna do not it. do that <laughs> I'm going to you add totally it to the can. show notes <laughs> oh. you totally can so- there, there was a point where I was so embarrassed by that and and now it's so past that where it, where it's just like please watch this it it's just uh yeah. I think everyone has that, though, when they look back at stuff they did at, like, 18 years old, especially when it's, like, recorded stuff, and you're just like, why? Like, you'd want to die of embarrassment from it. I think everybody has that. I mean, totally. But at least that one, I can I can say why. Uh, you can laugh at it. Why. And, it, I mean, I feel like six grand <laughs> at that age, that was amazing. No one would have said no to that. Um, oh yeah i mean there... the, the embarrassing thing is if you see it just me talking about sorry continue <laughs> you're good has there oh. going back to My like bad. the we seattle oh can you hear me okay yeah can you hear me okay um going back to like this <laughs> the seattle music scene has there been any venue that you that's been your favorite to perform at in the past my favorite has always been probably Numos. Um, I love Chop Suey was the first venue in Seattle that I've ever that I ever saw a rap show at, and it was the first mm-hmm. show I've ever performed at. So I have a, so much love for it, and I, I I love performing there. So I love intimate shows. Um, so those are probably the, like the most fun I've ever had. Um. um showbox market was that was the biggest venue that i've sold out as a headliner so that was like a very big deal for me um of course at the time when i sold it out and everyone was telling me how big a deal that was i didn't care or know because this was you know i was on some drugs just running around Uh, you know people telling me like you're one of the only people to to you know sell out showbox market and um, at the time, I just didn't didn't think about it. Now, now thinking about it, that venue is so awesome. And um, you know, I wish I wish I uh, 
took it more seriously at the time but i'm so glad that i got to play that venue i don't know how long it's going to last or if it's still even there but yeah is there a venue that would be your dream venue to perform at anywhere in the world um or no, Seattle guess, or... maybe red rocks that would be awesome Mm-hmm. red rocks would be sick and you're planning a tour right now it seemed or at least it seemed like you were talking about it a little bit on instagram yeah, yeah. So, I mean, sorry. <laughs> um, basically, as soon as this album's out, I, I want to tour. Touring to me is sort of the most fun thing to do. It, uh, and I just th- this next project I'm putting out, songs without a home. It has every song on it is like so performable, and it's something that I want to. I just can't wait to perform this music. Um, where do you think you're going to go on the tour or where are you trying to go? So my, I mean, <clears throat> I usually hit the, the, the markets that I, that I do best at, which is, you know, the West coast, some of the Midwest, mm-hmm. some of the East coast, but, uh, um, and that, that's what I want. That, that's what I want to do with this tour. But the ultimate goal is eventually one day, I'll say this now, one day going overseas. I've never toured overseas and I would, just so I could get a free trip overseas, that would be awesome. <laughs> <laughs> like Europe or Asia or like anywhere. Yeah, any anywhere. I mean, I've been I've been overseas, but I've never got I've never gotten paid to go overseas. That would be sick. That would be amazing. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and I have a ton of fans. I have a ton of people that hit me up, saying, you know, come here, come here. You know, mostly Europe. And but I don't. I'm like. Uh, I want to come there. I don't really know how to set that up, but yes, one day, <laughs> please. But that's definitely yeah. the goal. Is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you throughout all of this? Anything you didn't ask me that you should have asked me? Um, Covered the most important thing, which was the Safeway commercial. So yeah, I was worried that you wouldn't cover the Safeway commercial, and I almost, I almost hung. No, I legit almost hung this call up and said, and, and then you asked me the Safeway. Commercial she's not gonna ask that. me. Yeah, I was like, she's not even gonna. It's over. But thank God you asked me that, and um, <laughs> um no, I, I had a, I had a great time with this. Um, I want to know, are you, so so. Um, are, are you planning on staying overseas? What, are you moving back this way anytime soon? What, what's your what's your what's your deal? Um, yeah, I, so I've been I've been in Europe now for ten years. <clears throat> I was in yeah. Norway and Germany. Now I'm in Austria, but my husband is Austrian, and we have two kids. And I think the plan is for the next while to stay over here, just because our kids are so small still. Um. But obviously, for me, the dream is to go back to the states just to be closer to my family. Wow, that's amazing! And on, it's, it's how, old, home, how old are the kids? You, know? you said <clears throat> my daughter's six and my son is three. So amazing! They're wow. still pretty little. Yeah my my son is is very hairy and he is two and a <laughs> half. He's so cute. He's he's a good boy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is there anything you you wish that that uh 
I would have covered? No, I think I was just, <clears throat> I mean, to be completely transparent, I've been listening to your music Please. since I was in high school. And yeah. I just was super excited that I got to sit down and talk to you a little bit today. Um, definitely been telling all of my friends about it. Well, I hope, um, did I disappoint you? I, I hope I didn't disappoint you. No, not at all. It was really enjoyable, honestly. Okay, great. No, um, it was it was fun yeah, and no, just like I, I was listening excited to about previous. This. I'm glad. Is there yeah, when I are found there it, any you know musicians my... in Seattle that you think that we should have on the podcast next? Um, I mean, of course. Think of. Uh... Um, uh, everybody's moving to LA, right? And stuff like, I don't know who, who's, who's around right now. That's kind of what um, I've been noticing. Like Nacho Picasso's down in LA, isn't he? Oh yeah. That's my bro. Um, I really like his music. <laughs> totally. Like, um, I, I have a new song I'm working on right now with Dave B, but he's in LA also. Mm-hmm. Um, um oh you should uh talk to ariana debu could be cool she's still yeah. in seattle she's working um mm-hmm. yeah i don't know tough question yeah just, <laughs> thank I, you so much uh, for being I mean, on no thank you so much for having me on seriously i appreciate it so much and where can people find your new music the best the easiest on spotify uh, yeah, find it wherever. Who cares? No, I'm kidding. It's uh, it's on. Uh, <laughs> you can check my yeah. It's on Spotify. Um, check out my new song, "Panic at the Dive Bar." I love that one. And go sign up for your Patreon too, because you do a podcast on Patreon, there. Patreon. Right? I do a podcast on there. Um, it's that's that's how I make a living. So sign up for my Patreon, and I give so much content on there, and. It, more than half of it's good content <laughs> <laughs> all right i'll tag all of that in the show notes below as well so people can Perfect. just click on it all right and if thank enough you people so much subscribe to my patreon i will i will make another safeway rap that's not true <laughs> but. Join us next time for another episode of the Exploring Washington State podcast.